Hey, what's up? It's your boy, Stephen McCoy, and you are listening to Sessions with Stephen, and today's topic is stay true. Now, we have a special guest here today. The Social Club Misfits are here, and they're here to speak about their new album, uh, going number one on Billboard, and touring, everything, and I'm so happy to have these guys here. Thank you guys so much for coming. Introduce yourselves. <laughs> what a privilege it is to be here. My name is Marty. And I'm Fern, and I'm at Social Club Mistress. It's yep. great to be here. love being in New York. Awesome. So what brings you here to New York today? So we actually have a show uh, tomorrow at, uh, in, in Queens, and so we figured today would be a great day to start doing some press. We have a new album coming out. We just dropped two singles, and uh, we're really excited about the work that we have coming out in the future. In about two months, we're releasing our next album. Uh, we just got off a 30-day tour. Mm-hmm. It's a privilege to be here. And, out and have fun and, and talk to good people and have good conversations. The record was number one on Billboard. Can you guys tell me about that experience? Yeah, so uh, we have that song. We have a song called Who Else, and um, it did very good. We have a, you know, this is our first album that signed artists. Before that, we were independent, and for four years we were independent. Just we were part of that beginning SoundCloud rapper generation, and we were just putting so much content out. We got such a buzz that uh, three years later, we got to leverage it, and we had about five contracts on the table from uh, five different major labels, and um, we decided that Capitol Records was the best fit for us. Mm-hmm. So it's funny because now we're kind of new, but we're not at all. Like, we have been doing this for four years, so we've got a great foundation. All that led to be where we are now, and, um, you know, we, we've had the opportunity to travel and do great things, but we're still under the radar we feel like this next album is going to kind of bring us out to the surface. And it's great because sure. we, we bring a bunch of new fans with us. We yeah. bring a bunch of fresh people, fresh perspectives. We're just getting started, so it feels good. Now, I just saw the video. Uh, it's your anthem. Uh, yes, that was so really good. I mean, you yeah. took the amazing grace and kind of made yeah. it your own. I thought it was something. It just felt really good. Yeah. Can you tell us about that record? I just feel like, you know, it's been a crazy, uh, you know, dynamic of people thinking that, like, rap and, and you know, kind of just, like, subjects of faith or just, you know, being positive and kind of, like, the polar opposite of what rap usually does. They don't really see that working with, you know, you know issues of faith. But we've been able to just kind of, like, give you guys our life, put it out there exactly how we wanted it to be. And, uh, and just show you what, what that could look like on audio, just guys who kind of just make music through the eyes of Christ. You know what I'm saying? We're, we don't shy away from our faith, but at the end of the day, we're still musicians as well. We, you know, we just want to make dope music. And uh, that was just one of our best. You know, we love that song. That song goes throughout the ages as just being one to play with the hard strings. And, where were we? Yeah. Oh, when we yeah, where, 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 where where we? Yeah, where were we? We had actually just did a tour, right? Yeah. We we were were on, on, oh, we were in California. We yeah. were in Orange County. We sold out of that venue three times. Yeah, the in a vault, row. The vault Whoa. in Orange County. Yeah, we sold out three uh Like, literally, as soon as tickets went out, we sold out. So they had to move us to a bigger venue. So we sold yeah. out of that. Then we, at the third venue we found, we were like, all right, we sold that again. And we just couldn't find another venue that could hold us. So the promoter was expecting maybe a, maybe a thousand. Mm-hmm. There was like 1,500 people paid tickets in there. Um, and we filmed that live at our last stop on tour in California, uh, where it's our first show we had outside of Florida, because we yeah. Florida, was in California. We filmed it live there with the people. It was, it was, it was crazy. Yeah. One of the things that, something that just hit me like a ton of bricks, I feel like a lot of rappers, they rap as their alter ego. 
um, and or the person that they turn into when they get in the booth, whereas me and Marty, we rap as the regular people that are home with our moms, yeah. home with our dads, like with our family. Like the same guy that you see in real life is the same guy that raps. So I feel like that's a new dynamic to be able to just give your life and just give it, you know, give it's it like a right? yeah. yeah, just put it all out there and let people kind of just like let it all fall where it may. But I, I start to see, and we've been starting to see a lot of like, you know, people relating to it. You know, it's like, it's not like, oh, what is this about? For the most part, a lot of people relate to our music because all we want to do is just, you know, just let them know that there's people that, that are just like them. You know? Now I have to ask, um, like you guys, like you said, you guys rap as yourself yeah. instead of your alter ego. Yeah. Now that actually is crazy that that is brave yeah. in this industry because a lot of people, they want to pretend to be yeah. It's Other like people, yeah. Music is like an escape. And, and now, is that so, hard for you guys? You know what? It's funny because there's so many rappers that we've met behind the scenes mm-hmm. that you you think in your mind, okay, they're gonna they are this way, and then you meet them and they have their kids backstage. You know, like, okay, this is weird. I never knew you were married. I didn't know you had kids. And so a lot of rappers behind the scenes, it's almost like like Fern said, they have this alter ego of this is who I want the world to. Think I am? I'm this right. this guy. Yeah. But then you you realize like a lot of these people have just normal families behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. So we were like, you know, let's just be ourselves no matter where we are. I think the best version of ourselves is is a person who is you know on and off stage the same person. And we're trying to be better people. I mean, all our music through the eyes of two men who we love God, we love people, and um, you know we're just normal guys who like making good music. And I think that people can relate on the good music side. They can relate on the hey, we're faith-based, hey, they can relate on the fact that we're just trying to make just music that is our, true to ourselves. We're, yeah. not trying to, I'm not trying, we're not trying to reach, you know, some people try to reach for topics like, oh, this song, you know, Despacito is popular today. Let me make a Latin song. Now, like, this is really who we are and what we do. And for most part, when we're making our albums, we actually kind of zone out, cut the world off, because we don't want to be so heavily influenced by it. Because yeah. it could be, you know, you could be, you hear a trend and you're like, we need to do a song like that. Oh, I'm that. that. Um, and just trying to do our own thing. So it's funny how, you know, this is where it's gotten us. And it's kind of like a privilege. This is our first album on Capitol Records. Um, and it's our um, our kind of like debut. Got nominated for two Dove Awards, which is like the Christian Grammy. Congratulations. Yeah, we lost. Oh, oh well, and you know, oh, it's a nomination. You know, no, the game with yeah. the little head. Yeah, that's yeah. amazing. We, we were gonna win, so we didn't even show up. <laughs> really? Yeah. yeah, we pulled an M M&M and M. That's crazy. And so we we were like, we're not gonna win. And the truth is, we we were actually on tour. It's funny. The day of, we were in Ohio on a sold out tour. We just did thirty cities with our brother Andy Minio, and we were on the sold out tour. And the funny thing is, like. You know, we're doing a sold out tour, and they're like, hey, I'm sorry, guys, you lost. But I'm like, but there's also a thousand, twenty, twenty, hundred. Yeah. We're yeah. doing what we need to do. Yeah. We can't get off course and do it. We never did it for the awards. We did it for the people who are in front of us, you know? And yeah. so we've been able to build this little following. It's growing, it's growing organically, and that's the best part. Right. And how did you guys meet? Are you guys brothers, or I'm sure some people are want- we met at a radio station. My sister um invited me to go meet somebody. Knew that I always wanted to do music when I was getting ready to come home from a situation I was doing. Some people know uh, I wound up doing three years. But when I came home, I took her up on that. I'm like, yeah, I want to do music. I'd, I'd like to experience possibly doing music differently. Yeah. So I went to go see this so-called DJ, DJ Jake Blaze. He's, he's in Texas now. 
And you know what? Make a long story short, they had a nice, you know, situation going on there. It was syndicated radio. They were spinning music. It was getting, you know, hits and stuff like that. Yeah. And, and I got to see firsthand of the potential of what could be, you know, if, if I just, you know, kept myself focused. And I, I said to say this, I met him in that circle of friends. Yeah. He was, uh, you know, one of Dick J. Blaze's uh, friends at the time. And I met him at that radio station. And then once we started hanging out and stuff and just kind of talking music, we started getting involved in little situations, started rapping together. And one thing I always say is, like, when people, like, because we kind of had our own thing going. He had his own thing going, and I kind of had something I was starting up. And when you talk about being a group, most people would be like, oh, well, I got to kind of see. I kind of got this stuff going on. But, right. you know, when we said let's do a group, it was just we just jumped into it. And, like, it, it wound up being the best thing for us. But, you know, it wound up, like, look where we are now. Right. And it, it just lined up so perfect. But I just remember, like, I always remember that. It wasn't, like, pressure for me to say, oh, I got to think about it. And, yeah. and I'm like, man, let's kill it. Let's do yeah. it. Now, your families, I'm sure, is proud. Like, when you have those sold-out shows, and yeah. have they ever come to your show? Yeah, our family has come. Actually, we just, it's so funny to your show. Our last show was in Fort Lauderdale, about come. 10 minutes from your house. Yeah. And that show, I decided it was a great idea to jump into the crowd. And it's funny because my wife came, and, like, uh, his whole family came, his wife. You know, were your kids there? Yeah, everybody your was there. there. <laughs> and I jumped into the crowd, and I actually missed. Uh, we put the floaties in the crowd. We jump on top of them. I miss the floaties, and I actually my whole family's his family's watching my family, and they're all like, "Oh my goodness!" Like you can hear them screaming on the video. We posted really? it on our social media. It's kind uh-huh. of funny. So they, you know, it's funny. My dad's a doctor, and um, he, you know, he always wanted me to be somebody who, you know, followed my dreams more than just was going to make money. And I think both of us, we had parents that were right. more like do something with your life that makes an impact, rather because money comes and goes, but. Who can really say, hey, I'm actually making an impact with somebody. I'm helping. I'm pushing it forward. I'm, you know, we want to be people who give back. And um, our family has always supported that. And so I met Fern at the radio station. It's funny because Fern was dropping. He dropped, like, a song every week. And so I kind of wanted to be a radio host. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. That's why I was hanging out there. And every week he would drop a song. And at one point the DJ was like, all right, at this point, top ten is all Fern. So we need to stop this. Stop dropping songs. Because at the time, we kept, he, he just kept coming in. I mean, we had this mentality where we always wanted to work. We always wanted to make good music yeah. that challenged the bar. I mean, good music relates to everyone. Everyone wants to hear the next hot song, and we want to be that guy who delivers it, you know? That was awesome. I, I, I love seeing, like, you know, basically brotherhood come yeah. together and, and, and support, right? Exactly. And yeah. so supporting each other. So how has life changed for you guys since, you know, becoming famous? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I got to tell you, man, it's uh, it's amazing. I guess I, the best dynamic I can use is my kids' school. When I go to my kids' school, they're like, Tammy, all, the, all her kids, all the kids in her school, they all know me and stuff like that. Um, but I got to tell you, it's just been an amazing thing, especially for, you know, me and Marty. Like, we want to do the right thing, and we want to do the best thing we could with this platform. So anything that happens, if we get a bigger name out there, it's just going to be all to the best because we've already discussed visions of this five, ten years out. Yeah. People don't know this, but we got it all planned out. Um, we're trusted in God's major plan, but as far as us putting our effort into it, yeah. we've actually been responsible and thought about where we want to be at certain seasons in life. So, like, this is just an amazing thing for us, and I just – you know, I pray the best for everything Social Club Mistress is trying to do, and and uh, because at the end of the day, we I feel like we're going to do real good with the platform. Yeah, you know, yeah. we're going to do the best. And I think that there's been a lot of, of platform abuse. You know, celebrities or people. We're just I feel like we're just starting. I mean, you know, for us uh, doing that tour and, and, and 
selling records, that's great, but we're just getting started. Like, we're ready to go further. And so, I think, I, I mean, you know, we've been a lot of places traveling for the last three years, meeting people, and the way you treat people on the way up is how you get treated on the way down. So a lot oh, of people, yeah. <laughs> you know, on their way out, they just they don't really care about people. They don't care about feelings and no. treating everyone with respect. It's funny because we have a buddy of ours who you would never know this guy is just, you know, just a normal guy who wanted to be in music, and now he's a huge producer, and now he's producing for everyone. So you don't know that the humble beginnings can lead to somewhere where now this guy is an A&R, and now this guy is, you know, a manager of some huge pop act. So I think it's important that we want to challenge what it looks like to be artists. You know, we want to be good people, better yeah. than good rappers. Like, right. you know, at the end of the day, you know, we love making music, and I think that's something we're going to do for a long time, but... At the same time, I would love for people to say, you know, they were really just good, sweet people. You know. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm sure at one point in you guys' career, it's gonna come a time where you may have to cross a line or make that decision to cross a line that you guys may not have. Like other rappers, yeah. we know it that they cheat, yeah. and you know they cheat the game yeah. sometimes. And I know you guys seem to be men of morals and values. And what happens at that point? I'll start it off. I think that a lot of people who make those, this is my opinion, I mean, we're all human, and in a moment of weakness, people will always fall. But I think the truth is it depends on who's around you. And so if you have the wrong people around you, you're going to fail. I mean, mm -hmm. you you show me who your friends are, and I'm going to show you what your future looks like. Because if you've got people that are not doing anything with their life and not growing, I expect you to fail because you just are not being challenged as a human being. If I keep playing the same people basketball and basketball and I never play people who I don't normally play with, how am I supposed to be challenged, you know? Exactly. So I think that um, one thing that me and friend of we're safe, we stay uh, in community with our families, with we actually people who look out for us, and we also are connected to our local church. And so we have people always keeping us accountable, and I think that's the trick to it. I think it's important to never get into our head and say, I'm because I have a platform, that means that I know better than somebody else. That's you know, cool. some people do that. Like, oh, what is he going to tell me? I'm, I made a million dollars on my last song. When you have that mentality, you are will fail, and we want to be fail-proof. Granted, you know what the truth is, that people make mistakes, but we are – taking precautionary measures to be people who are always accountable. Like, it's hard to it's, – it's really funny because it's really hard to move and fail when you have people that you're checking with every day and people who can check you and tell you the truth. And if I go off the grid, they're going to be like, something happened, what happened? And I right. need people around there that can check me. Those are people who love me. Yeah. People who won't check me, they're not my real friends. Yeah. And have it been like that? Have you ever ran in or had people in your circle where – they weren't really who you thought they were, or do you kind of see it, you know? Yeah, this this industry, and I, I hate that word industry for, you know, I mean, this life now that we're a part of, the way that we're doing life now, you see it so quick. You know, to be honest with you, uh, I stay a lot with just my close-knit family. I wound up, you know, cutting a lot of ties in the last 10 years, you know, of just things. And now I look back at certain things, and I see why I did that. You know what I'm saying? Um, I needed to progress, and I needed to focus, and I needed to take time on my family. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and I knew how I was. I used to always want to hang out and this and that. So, like, I had to make conscious decisions. You have to cut and burn sometimes. Sometimes you got to cut and clot that thing. You feel yeah. me? You can't just can't try to heal it up or yeah. try to put some cocoa butter on it because it will come back. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So, make a long story short, we have seen a lot of people's true intentions, especially in this life. But, um, you know, you got to want it, man. I've seen so many people with the same amount of talent, same amount of time, same producers, same everything. You put yeah. it, I mean, almost <laughs> like 
go ahead, add water, and just one doesn't grow and one does. Yeah, that's true. You know what I'm saying? So um, you just got to go ahead and just stay faithful to what God has given, especially me in a second chance. To me, there's a big second chance. Right, yeah. So um, I like to stay focused on what I'm doing. I got a couple people in my circle, but for the most part, it's just the family, just my kids and my wife, and it's just staying. And we're, we're gone so yeah. much. And when I come, I just disappear to the family. Now, with you guys, being yourselves through your music, does it make it easier to go home and just chill? Or do you think so? Well, I think that our, also our our family and our, they also were, we were this way before yeah. music, so they know us. You know, like, no one's, my dad will still, he will still ask me questions and talk to me in a certain way. That I'm his son, that should never change, you know. I think that success, Really, I've seen people treat their uh, moms really yeah. bad. <laughs> Those people need to get a wedgie. That's bad. Don't do that. Um, but I think that it's funny because I think that success is the ultimate blinder. You know, success gives you excuse to say, "Well, I, I want to do it like this." Because I, but success is a lie. You know, what is, is success? Success is what? Success to us is good relationships, yeah. family, um, having. Having good kids, having people around us that are friends that I can call when something bad, like having good, healthy relationships—that's success to me. And you know what? The music is great, and I know it's going to take us where we. But we want to create this culture and what we do that, hey, we're going to be good people, we're going to be positive, we're going to love on people, and we're going to yeah. have a fun time. Yeah. And that culture is so countercultural because it's right now it's all about what I can get and out of you, you know, like, that's the culture that we live right now, instead of a win-win, it's a let me win and let you lose, or, you know, you look at a song, a song is about a, a I, I was with this girl, and I never call her back, like, that's the culture that we have in rap music, Oh yeah. and so we want to create a culture that kind of leads the direction for the next generation, mm. and we want to have, we want to have the next generation be like, yo, listen, I can do this, like, think about this, right, Will Smith, never curse, but no, before him, no, who else was it that never cursed in rap music? He he won his first Grammy. He had more success than almost – he was the first Grammy yeah. Hip Hop Award winner, and he did not curse. It's like, okay, he did something new, countercultural. Listen, he's got Jada Pickett Smith. He's got two kids, three kids that are beautiful. Like, yeah. he's changing culture. You know, and I think that that's the type of life we want to live, where we can show what it looks like to live on the other side, be positive, and not fall in all the traps. And we learn from the, the, the people right. that come before us. And I think that – just like Will Smith and all these people have started this new culture, we are trying to do that too. Definitely. Isn't it crazy how, like, somebody like a Will Smith or, let's just say, the music we're doing and, you know, how we paint a different picture, but something like, you know, with drug use and, you know, sexual innuendos, how easy that is to get on the radio and how easy that is to have an interview set up. Oh, it's so easy. But you got people who are trying to do something um, countercultural. will probably be the only bad word I could use for it because it, it sounds crazy when you want to go against it. But, like, we're talking about things that are positive. We're talking about things that are good, good-natured, things that make you happy. Not just as we say, but a general perspective. Like, but it's hard to get on the radio. And yeah. it's, it's hard to get an interview. It's hard because because we choose to talk about good things. And yeah. It's, yeah. It's, that's a strange dynamic, right? That, yes, that's a, it is. But that's one of the things that has allowed us to possibly be at this interview because we're starting to break those barriers yeah. through our music. Yeah without scaring and creeping people out. Yeah. I think that there's, there's a new wave of rappers yeah. that don't have logic who exactly how we feel. He, to, he wants to put positive vibes in his music. He wants people to have love and happiness. And like, yeah. So it's funny because I think that that type of music is reaching a, a broader spectrum. So you have, I, I was reading a study the other day where it said when Childish Gambino came to tour, he sold out 
more bigger artists than him. And he had more diverse crowd. He had white, black, Latino. But then uh, they had another artist, another hip-hop artist from the South, and he had a, a smaller crowd because the studies have shown that people kind of, based on his music, yeah, they don't know what to expect when you get there. And they're like, could I possibly get beat up at this concert? Could it be rowdy? Could it be crazy? Right. I mean, think about it. We just performed at the Webster. We just performed at Irving Plaza. At Irving Plaza, Love it. Uh, it just, it, it just, it just, there was a gun incident with Troy Ave, you know, right before we came. So security was crazy. And the funny thing is he was responding. It wasn't like he was doing anything. He had to respond to the situation. But because yeah. of that, now the venue is super careful about us doing rap music. They're like, you know, what kind of music are you going to do? Even right, right. at one point they stopped doing hip-hop acts because – you know, what's going to happen if I bring my hip-hop crowd here? You right. know, Travis Scott, they yeah. locked him out the venue. So for us, it's funny because I, I think about people like Travis Gambino and, and Logic, and they have this positivity vibe that it reaches a bigger spectrum. And it's it's slowly but surely becoming more mainstream, and that's what we want to be a part of. And I hope it comes, yeah, all the way mainstream. That's what we want. We want it to go all the way. And uh, that's one of the reasons why you guys decided to go with uh, capital because yeah. I'm sure some other labels were trying to just ship you guys a little bit more or you know yeah we did um, we had five labels and they all had French fries yeah capital was the only one that said you guys tell us what you need. yeah we want to maximize you where everybody else already kind of just saw the dollar signs where capital obviously they possibly saw the dollar signs but it was more of you know the, the culture was already there they already kind of knew you know where we come from their whole lineage is what yeah. we're, we're about. Yeah. So that's why that was such an awesome fit. So the people that were talking to us, they were talking to us in the language that, you know, we were looking to hear. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So and, and, and it didn't hurt to have three and a half, four years of leverage and numbers and doing a couple of things and showing up with some networks. You yeah. know? So we showed up there with some network, and they knew while they were talking to us the type of things they needed to keep us in those chairs. They wanted a partner. You know, a lot of labels wanted to kind of, Oversee and mm-hmm. you know, they'll have us like, how can we serve you? How can we help you get to where you need, where we want you to go? Because if you go where you want to go, it's gonna help both sides of the party. And that was one of the first times it's ever happened. Like, yeah. give an artist, you know, give. Think about this. Think about having, you know, Kanye West at the time. Kanye, you know, Dame Dash. Do what you want to do. Let's follow you on this journey and let's read. And look what happened. You know, he's going platinum before, and he's countercultural himself. He's wearing polos. Fitted clothes. He's wearing Louis Vuitton, where other rappers at the time were, which we all love, were wearing more baggy clothes. And, right. and so you have you have both spectrums. It's like every every generation has that artist that just challenges the barriers of what a musician looks like. And slowly but surely, we want to be a part of that wave of new artists that do that. Now, have you guys ever met any celebrities that we may know that have given you any advice or? Recently, uh, we've seen a few people. You know, we've, oddly enough, we, being, I mean, burned in shape, I'm not, I'm fat. But the funny thing is we have so many, like, athlete friends now from our music. Like, yeah. a lot of athletes reach out to us. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of funny how many athletes love, like, every show we almost went to, there was, like, a Laker. Yeah. There's every, every, there's every basketball team almost came. Even, we even went awesome. to the Houston and Rockets. That's probably due to playlist action, activity, you know, get on some playlists and stuff. And, like, these athletes, they kind of live with us in their head. You know what I'm saying? We don't even know them. And you see them tweet us out. Or we see a kid tweet out. Oh, my God, yeah. Andrew McCutcheon just walked out the social club. I'm like, cool. And those guys always tell us, you know, just keep making that music. Keep making music that is, you know, this is one thing I, we always talk about. 
the music you make, a, kid, a young person can listen with their dad. You know, it's like, think about it, like Hollywood right now, they're trying to find comedy that goes with, you can you can attach the adult with the young person. You know, you have a song, you have a, the movie they have with Kevin Hart, you know, it, it reaches an older audience and younger audience together. That's a big uh, Hollywood angle right now. It's trying to combine families. So a lot of the guys come up to us, they're like, you know, I can listen to this with my kids. And I don't, I don't have to lower the music or get the edited version. I right. can listen to this music while working out with my son, and we can have fun and enjoy it and turn it up in the car. And that's what we kind of want to do. We want to bring that dynamic where, okay, a father can listen with his son at any age, and they still appreciate the music. Yeah, and let me tell you, one of the biggest things that happened to me, my parents lost me to the music. For real. Like, they lost, like, I got so into the music mm-hmm. that, you know, you started, you know what I mean? You start freaking out. Like, I, I actually got arrested for song lyrics. You know what I mean? Like, things were happening verbatim. Yeah. It, it was the craziest, surreal thing. So it's just amazing. And if you look back at all our interviews, we've been saying this since day one. We always wanted the parents and the family to stay together. Yeah. Don't leave. Let, enjoy it together. Like, let's, let's, let's bring something that we could all share. Right. Which is, I think, it's missing that, you know, that one thing that all families could share besides, you know, God and a good relationship. Um, it's something else. And what is that other thing? And, you know, for the most part... I remember I always used to go listen to my music by myself. Yeah. And not anymore, though, because I got lost. So I guess paying it forward, I would want people to stay together when you're hearing music. You, back yeah. In the, yeah, back in the day, remember, like, your parents listen to Elvis, and you're like, yeah. ah, Dad, we're going to play right. that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, you got to play the old jams. You got to right. play jazz right now. But you guys find that medium. We're finding, we're we're finding that, yeah. yeah. No. It's cool, though, that our parents used to teach us about that old stuff. Now, parents don't teach these young kids about any old stuff. So, like, I would be like, Dad, you about to play Elvis, but I know he's the king. But don't play that Elvis right now, you know what I'm saying? Like, right. Kids, they don't respect anything. Like, a lot of the young kids, they'll talk about Biggie, but, like, oh, screw Biggie, what, what's going on? Like, so, at the end of the day, we want to be able to, like, come from the zip of, People kind of know the music we're making and it's relevant to everything that's going on. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. But you know, we don't. We just don't want to creep anybody away. But I think we finally found a dynamic where we never compromise ever. When you listen to the music, it's all there if you know how to listen to it. Yeah, God never leaves nowhere. Yeah, that's awesome. And at the end of the day, people who are not used to that, you know, oh, what this is some Jesus music. That's not gonna happen. Yeah, we yeah since I honestly didn't notice that. Yeah. And we, we're intentional. Great strategy. Yeah, we're intentional. Yeah. Because here's the truth about it, is that we want to have a conversation. Yeah. We, we don't want to have a one-sided conversation. We want to have a conversation with our music that says, all right, this is how we feel. This is what we're thinking about. Now, you can come to your own conclusion, but let's talk about it. You know, it's funny because we have these meet and greets where people come to us with questions. Everyone has a question. Like, the line is outside the building, and people are like, hey, I have a question. You know, what do you mean when we said this? And or be like, well, we were talking about, okay, things click. And so we, we're all about the conversation piece um, instead of the let me just tell you how it is and that's the end of it. Now, let's actually have some dialogue on what we do. And so me and Fern, it's cool because we have that, that we're a group, so we could have that dynamic back and forth. We could talk about certain things and touch so many subjects that maybe a rapper who, which is rapping by himself, wouldn't be able to. We're two men with two perspectives. So we cover so much ground and. You know, like, that's the thing. Like, we just want to – the thing is, I, I don't think that Christian culture or faith-based culture should ever be separated from mainstream. Because the truth is, they both intertwine. It's a lifestyle. And if we're in a place where we say, all right, well, that's mainstream, and this is uh, this faith-based music, and let's, this, that, they don't intertwine. Whatever we think like that, that's a problem. That's kind of weird, right? Like, that, yeah. that's 
creepy. Yeah. Like, I don't want to be a part of a, a culture that, you know, alienates myself from what's really going on in the world. You yeah, know? you guys are just saying, listen, I just want to make yeah, music. music. That's and, it. And it, it yeah. translates. You know so, what? I was doing an interview yesterday, um, and the gentleman was like, you know, what were your three favorite CDs? And I was like, it was um, LP, it was Dr. Dre 2001, and then I, I said this other uh, faith-based faith-based artist, uh, KG Vatsu. And I was like, these three are my favorite. But never when I was young, and I got saved later in my life, but never when I was young was I like, all right, well, that artist needs to be separate. Because I just put them all together, and I was, good music good music. And right. I think that one had a positive message, the other one had a bad. Right. But I like them all. It's just is what it right. is. You know? <laughs> so what's next for you guys? We have a new album coming out yeah. February 9th. Next has just begun. You're, you're the beginning of the next. Yeah. Hey. You're our, first, you. our first, you know, pre-release uh, interview. Yeah. Uh, we're looking forward to see what it's going to take us. And we have a lot of cool content on the way, but the music is really exciting. We're, yeah. we're about to touch a couple of those new genres, and um, that's going to be a good thing. We'll see how that goes. Uh, we, have, uh, we have the Road Show, which is in February and March, which is um, a 30-city arena tour that we're a part of. We have uh, King of Country and a couple of ma- uh, big face-to-face uh, 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 artists, and it's going to be huge, a huge arena tour, 30 cities. And then after that, we're going to go on our 18 city tour for Social Club. We have a new album in February. You know, we're just trying to, we're having so much fun. Like, yeah. a, we get to do this for the honor. Yeah. And so we're just like, you know what, while we're here, let's make the best we can and change as many lives as we can. We know it's a window, and we're in it. And we know that this is, a, you know, you never know how long the amount of time is. For, yeah. Yeah, but we're true. working it. We're yeah. going to work all the way through. Exactly. Enjoy every moment while you're working. Yeah. Yeah. And we're going to give 100% always. Yeah. And uh, I think that what we're doing now is going to just have a ripple effect to the next generation. And we're going to keep doing what we do, and that's making good music. And it's funny because every single day we get a tweet or an Instagram post that says, I just found out about Social Club and what the heck was I doing? And I think that that's <laughs> awesome. And we're going to continue to make those songs that people are not embarrassed to show their friends. Mm-hmm. They're like, you got to hear this guy. So. And, when, and when we're ever on the road, they, for the most part, anybody who works with us, they're like, man, that's it? You guys are so easy to work with. I'm like, that's all I needed to hear. Yeah. We just want to be the guys who put in the work, but you didn't even you didn't right. even feel a sleeve. We just right. got out of there in the dark. You know what I'm right. saying? Get to work <laughs> yeah, and just keep going at it. Man. I want to say thank you so much thank you. Uh, for sharing your story with me. And uh, I just think you guys are really amazing. And I hope you guys continue your success. Can you let people know uh, your social media? Uh, Instagram is Social Club Mistress. Just at Social Club Mistress. And then um, Twitter is Social Club. And then Misfits without the vowels. So it's like M-S-F-T-S. That's complicated. But if you just Google Social Club Misfits, I know you Social Club is going to pop up. Yeah. Social Club Misfits. And check us out on Spotify, Apple Music, and Amazon, whatever you can. And I um, hope you enjoy the music, and I hope that you're excited because we're excited to give you the best music you've heard in a while. That's right. Awesome. Stay, stay in touch, man. We love you guys. Uh, thank you. Hey, subscribe now.